I am proud to have a birth certificate that chose my birthplace as Spinard, Alaska. Growing up here in the 1960s and 70s, food was an important part of my life. My father was French, and we had a traditional family, so every night we gathered around the family table for dinner. We, of course, celebrated holidays like Thanksgiving, and being Jewish, we celebrated all of the Jewish festivals with all of the wonderful food that was part of those festivities. So food was a way for me to connect with my family, to understand my culture, to nourish my body, and to find pleasure. That changed when I was in high school, and I started taking ballet classes. And I looked around the room, and I saw that the other girls were taller than I was, but they were also thinner than I was. And I thought, well, I can't do anything about the height, but I can do something about the weight. So I decided to cut out some of the foods that I previously enjoyed, and I decided to start working out in addition to taking dance. And it worked. I lost some weight. But there's this negative voice in my head that said, you're still fat. Have you seen yourself? You're not going to be successful in dance or in life until you lose more weight. And I started paying attention to what other people were saying about their bodies. And I had some friends that were dieting. And my mother, who was a strong feminist and an independent woman, would say things like, I hate my body. I hate my thighs. I have no self-control. I need to lose 20 pounds. Well, I was a perfectionist. And so I was going to do everything all the way. And I became obsessed with learning about food. And I learned about what food was healthy and what I would allow myself to eat, and what food was not healthy and what I would not allow myself to eat. And more and more food went into the not healthy, never could eat this, and I started losing more weight. Well, perfectionism spills over in many ways. So during that time, I was working hard to be a uh, 4.0 student, and I uh, was continuing with dance, but I was also doing drama. I was playing the piano. I held an after-school job as a youth counselor, and I did student government, and I had an active social life, and I kept up with the Jewish holidays and all of the, the um, Jewish community. And to do all these things, I was sleeping less and less and pushing myself harder and harder. On the outside, everything looked perfect. On the inside, I didn't know it, but I was in the grips of anorexia nervosa. And anorexia, like bulimia and binge eating disorder, is a mental illness. And what happens is your brain misfires. So when people get hungry, you eat, because that's what we need to do to survive. But my brain was telling me that food was scary, and I believed that if I ate like other people, I was going to blow up. I believed that I always had a much larger body than I had. And so I really did become nervous around food at all times, and I started losing more weight. Well, I got down to a pretty unhealthy weight, but nobody commented because people really didn't know much about anorexia in the 1970s. It didn't make it into the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for many more years. And if anybody were to ask me how I was doing, I would have said, I'm fine. Look at all that I'm accomplishing.
So before my 18th birthday, I went off to college and it was a rigorous school and I loved the intellectual stimulation and I was around students who would tell me how little they were sleeping to stay on top of their classes and I thought, I fit in here, I like this school. I was doing well in my classes except I was taking one class, physics, that I was failing. And I had my heart set upon being an astrophysicist when I went off to school. When you're a perfectionist, you don't fail. And so when I was failing physics, my carefully constructed life was falling apart. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know how I was going to move forward. Life felt really hard. And I fell into a depression, and I didn't know what to do. I was exhausted. I was emotionally drained. I had put myself through so much rigor and put myself through at an intense pace. I had to make a decision that was life or death. And what happened next was a medical miracle. It was like an alcoholic putting down a bottle and never looking back. And I decided I had to take care of myself, which meant I had to eat. So I dragged myself to the cafeteria and I started eating foods that had high calories. So I would start to nourish my body and my brain. And as I started to eat, I started feeling more energy and I felt hope. And I could start seeing with more clarity. I could see the place that I had been in was a really dark place. Not the depression that I had been in, but the years I'd spent on my eating disorder, I never wanted to go back there. I ended up switching schools and learning I could make mistakes, and I found friends who were fun and who didn't body shame themselves or others. A critical part of my recovery was never dieting, so I couldn't then, and I can't now, do things like the Atkins diet, or juice cleanses, or clean eating, eating, or intermittent fasting, or wear a Fitbit, or do any of the things that we're told that we have to do in order to be happier and healthier and more successful in life once we finally reach a certain weight. Well, I have been recovered from my eating disorder for 40 years.